Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Well, good morning, everyone. I often get asked, do you get nervous when you speak? And I say every single time, never without fail, do I feel a little bit of nerves as I get going. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for the welcome. Thank you so much for making us feel at home. We felt very well cared for over the last few days, and we're just getting used to everything here still and trying to figure everything out like milk in bags. Um, Last night, my son wanted to have cereal, and he could not find scissors. And so I said, just wait till we find scissors. It's way easier. You know, he was hacking the bag open with a knife, and it actually worked, but uh, it had the potential to make a huge mess. Uh, We're also getting used to your speed limits. Everyone drives like 20 over. (laughs) Easily. Like I'm going 10, like in Saskatchewan, you can drive 8 or 9 over, right, Jamie? And you you get away with it, right? Um, So I'm driving 8 or 9 over everywhere, and people are right behind me like, come on, like, get going. And I'm like, look at the license plate, Saskatchewan. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to keep that one on there. It took me a while to get used to, to driving 20 over. But none of you guys do that, right? <laughs> no one here does that? Yeah. Um, when I was in the Philippines, my wife and I were there for about five years, and we had the privilege of visiting uh, a village way up in the mountains. And the name of the village was Malikongkong, which in their language translates where the cloud sleeps. It was way up in the mountains. And in the mornings, uh, you were above the clouds. It was a really cool place. And I happened to be there uh, on my birthday. And uh, when they heard it was my birthday, the chief ran and got a chicken. And he handed me the chicken. And so I'm I'm holding this chicken. And... uh, there were some awkward moments of silence as I wondered what I was supposed to be doing with this chicken because we were fairly fluent in one of the dialects, but the Philippines has thousands of dialects and I couldn't speak their language and our translator wasn't real great, so we were having a hard time figuring out what am I supposed to do with this chicken. And eventually I I figured out that I was supposed to kill the chicken because they were going to cook it for me in this sort of traditional soup to celebrate my birthday. Uh, I had no idea how to kill a chicken with my hands. So I'm standing there, the awkwardness is just increasing, and eventually someone grabbed the chicken from me and very quickly, I'm sure many of you know how to kill a chicken, right, with your hands? Right, he just grabbed it by the neck and just gave it the old snapperoo. Uh, I didn't know how to do that. I tell that story, please don't hand me a chicken, (laughs) a real chicken, and and if if you're going to want me to do something or need my help, you might need to explain. I haven't figured out all these Mennonite ways, so 
Um, don't just hand me a chicken, okay? I might need some uh, explanation of what to do. So we've already been introduced. Myself, I'm David, my wife Liz, Judah, Mason, Peter, and Scarlett. It's truly a privilege to be here today. It feels like a long journey. Um, I think it was in January of this year that we visited, and uh, there was months before that, or a month before that, we were having conversations with the search team, and it feels like a long journey, but we're finally here. Um, this morning, I want to start a series on the book of Colossians that as I get a chance to preach over the summer, and there may be others who, who preach a few times as well, but they won't have to join me in my series. But as I, I just felt like as I start here, it'd be a really good idea as we go into summer. And summer is a bit of a different time, right? We're kind of in a different mindset. Life slows down a bit. We're on holidays. We've got a bit more time maybe on the back deck or sitting by the garden. Uh, I thought, good idea, let's just focus in on, on one book uh, together. And let's just, it's not a very long book, you could read it in one sitting. And I thought, let's just focus in on the Word of God for the summer and just peruse and meditate and reread the book of Colossians. This morning we're going to get halfway through the first chapter. And so this morning I have sort of two, two purposes this morning to introduce that series uh, but also just to introduce myself a bit and introduce sort of my heart uh, for this church and for the next uh, season, uh, which lines up perfectly with Paul's uh, thoughts towards the Colossians. Uh, so again, I have two purposes this morning, introduce myself and my heart, as well as just an introduction to uh, this series on the book of Colossians. So why did I choose Colossians? Well, partly because it's short. I like, I like a short book for the summer. It's not tons of reading, but we can really dig in. But as you'll see, all of Paul's writing is extremely dense, or maybe you know that, extremely dense, extremely rich. Uh, I'm not going to hit everything in this book. I'm just going to focus in on some different things as we work through it together. But the reason I chose the book of Colossians is because of its theme. And as I read the book of Colossians, the theme that I read is Paul is telling this to this young Colossian church. He's telling them, Guys, don't get off track. Stay focused on Christ. Um, in chapter 2, verse 8, to me is the theme. I'll just read it. The theme of this book, Paul says this to them, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental forces of this world, rather than on Christ. He's telling this young church, the people in the church, don't get off track. Stay focused on Christ. And there's many things that can take our, take our focus off Christ. Worldly possessions, the trials of this life, um, our own thinking, uh, the philosophies of the world, the thinking of the world. Um, sometimes good things can get us off Christ. You know, we get, we get consumed with our family and taking care of them, but there's so many things that can dilute our faith and get us off track. And so I thought, what a great way to go into the summer just to, to remind us all, don't get off track. Stay focused on Christ. So why did, I, why did I choose this book then? Well, about a year ago, I was riding my dirt bike out in the countryside, probably something I can't do quite as much here. Uh, there's lots of back roads and gravel roads in Saskatchewan that I would explore on my dirt bike. Uh, I'd been just about everywhere surrounding Grenfell and about a, 
probably about a hundred mile radius, I had explored every bit of bush and trail that I could find. And I was out one day, I had left in the morning, I brought a lunch with me, and I had spent all day out on the back roads, and I was coming back into town, and uh, if I was honest with you, I wasn't in the greatest headspace. Um, I think I was a little bit burnt out as a pastor, having gone through COVID and kind of trying to find my feet again. Um, Honestly, I think God was even then beginning to stir us for a change, that that change was coming for our family. Um, But I had been reading probably some books that, I wouldn't call them bad books, but they were books that really weren't based on the Bible. And they were carrying this kind of idea of, you know, your destiny is what you make it. You know, only, the only success you'll have is a success that you make. And, you know, your, your, your future is in your hands. That, that kind of idea, while not necessarily wrong, none of it was really based out of faith. And it, it, it had me down this road of like, man, if I want to be successful, it's all up to me. I need to make things happen. And I, it was this very specific moment. I remember even the corner that I was turning, but I looked up and I saw the town of Grenfell, and this thought went in my mind, just ran through my mind. It was like it was like, like it was almost like another voice. It, it was my thoughts, but it was like someone was speaking to me, and it said, "David, um, the only way you're going to be successful is if you make it happen. There's no one to help you. You got to do it all." And that began a very unhealthy process for me in my mind because it got me off track. It took my eyes off of Christ and I started thinking, well, everything depends on me. I got to make stuff happen. If, I, if I'm going to be successful, if I'm going to make a difference, it's, it's, you got to work harder. You got to do the right things. But it made me anxious because suddenly everything was in my hands, or so I thought. I became bitter, uh, my temper got short, um, I disengaged from certain people in my life, people that I've been helping and working with, because I was kind of fed up with them. It, it wasn't a healthy space, but I had got off track. And it's been a long journey, in a way, for me to kind of get back on track, and it, I need to keep my eyes on Christ. And so that's why I chose this book. Because in this book, Paul is addressing, as I said, this young Colossian church, and he's uh, reminding them, don't get off track. Stay focused on Christ. So let's read together. We're going to read Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. I'm reading from the NIV. Let's read together. Colossians chapter 1. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for heaven for you in heaven, and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear 
fellow servant, who was a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So there's two sections that I want to take just a few moments and talk about this morning. The first section is verses 3 to 8. And in these verses, Paul is telling the Colossian church what he sees in them. He's praising them, encouraging them, and blessing them for what he sees in them. And in the second section is in verse 9 to 14, where Paul shares his desire for them, the things he longs to see grow in them, and how he longs to see them strengthened. As Liz and I discerned coming here, there were things that we saw in this church that really excited us, that made us want to come here and be a part of this body. And ironically, or providentially, they're the same things that Paul saw in the Colossian church, and I want to share what those three things are. But there's also things that I long for as, as your lead pastor that I would want to see happen in this body, that I would want to help you with and walk with you and, and, and enjoy those things with you. And they're the same things that Paul longs for, to see in the Colossian church. So it really is a great way to kill two birds with one stone. I get to introduce Paul's thoughts, but I also get to share my heart for you as they line up with the scriptures. So let's look at the things that Paul saw in the Colossian church. In verse 4, chapter 1, Paul says, We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Your faith. Your faith is evident. I only need to go back to last Sunday. What, and what an awesome Sunday that was, those five people that shared. And I think that, I think Deb mentioned we should do this again. I think that is something that we should do on a regular basis. That was awesome. Did anyone else enjoy that? I mean, that just made, that just made faith seem so real and genuine. And it wasn't, I loved how people shared, I haven't got this figured out. You know, all I've got is good intentions. That's all I bring. Um, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's boring. Um, I mean, that's, that's your journey. That's a genuine journey with God. It's not always pie in the sky, sparkles shining, you know, heaven opening before you. Sometimes our devotional time can be kind of dry and just kind of boring. You know, we're just not on or whatever. It's, we're too distracted or something. Um, but to me, that's the evidence of true faith struggling to know God, struggling to understand, just pressing on. You know, Paul talks about that a lot. You know, I struggle, I, I press on, I, I strain towards the goal. That's what true faith looks like. And in, in the little that Liz and I have seen 
That's, that's what excited us about this church. There's faith here. There's something here. So Paul commended the Colossian church, and I commend you for this. Um, if there's any leaders or staff that are feeling kind of worn out and wondering, has this all been worth it? Um, you better re-listen to last Sunday. There's people here who are seeking after God. To me, that's real, true fruit. People are hungry for God. They want to know him. And Paul says this in verse 4. He says, we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people. I'd say this again. There's something happening here that intrigued us from the very beginning when I first went on your website and watched some of your videos. Love for God's people. You guys are caring for each other. You've got ministries for kids. You've got ministries for youth. You've got ministries for seniors. You've got a crazy bunch of guys who meet and, and fight, apparently. <laughs> I haven't yet shown up for one of those. I'm actually a, a little fearful for what's going to be going on. I don't know if somebody who wants to go with me, maybe, and just kind of watch my back. Um, but you guys are taking care of each other. There's stuff going on. This is true love. And you say, well, Pastor Dave, it's actually been hard. There's been days where it's, I felt weary. I felt worn out. Guess what? That's what true love is. I heard a saying once said, true love is that which can be commanded. There's an old song by a guy named Don Francisco, and he says, love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. Love in the Bible is not wishy-washy feelings. Of course you don't want to do it. It's hard. When Christ went to the cross and showed us what true love is, do you think that was a wishy-washy feeling that this could be fun? Right? What did he say? Lord, if, if there's any other way that this could happen, please take this cup. I do not want to do this, but your will be done, not mine. That's what true love is, a choice for someone else, not for yourself. And you guys are doing that. And I would say, just because there's a new lead pastor here, don't stop. Don't think now that I'm here that somehow everything's going to get easier. There's more work to do. Press in even more. Yes, I will serve with you and support you and, and love on you and walk with you, but I'm not going to do everything. Continue to love one another. Continue to serve this church and this community. Paul saw this in the Colossian church, and, and I see that in you. And it's exciting. Last thing that Paul says, he says in verse 5, he says, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. I don't know what else has kept you here other than hope. There's people who have walked away from God, walked away from the church, at least in our community, as COVID kind of ravaged our churches and changed the, the, the culture and changed the world. People walked away. But you're here. And I believe that's because of the hope you have in Christ and what he's done for you. That you love him, that you want to continue to serve and hang on to him. So I see hope. Paul saw hope in the Colossian church. I see hope in you. So Paul saw these things. He commended the Colossian church. And I commend you 
as well. And yet he goes on in his letter in verses 9 to 14 to just begin to describe some of the things he longs for, to, longs to see, and he prays for these things to happen in the Colossian church. And these are the same things that, that, that are on my heart that I long to see happen as I serve alongside you, as you get to know me and as I get to know you. And as I said, the reason he longs for these things is because Paul is writing to this young Colossian church and he's saying, guys, there's something that is threatening you. There's something that was, we don't actually know what it is. It's not really explicit what this philosophy or what this teaching or what this idea was, but there was something that was threatening to destabilize the faith in, these, in this young church, in this Colossian church. And so Paul's writing to strengthen them, to lift them up, to, to build them up. And uh, these are the same things that I want to see happen as I join you as your lead pastor. The first thing he says is in verse 9. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. My desire is that you would not know the will of Dave Wicks, but you would learn what God's will is for you that this book would be the foundation of your life. Before you turn to anything else, that you would turn to the Word of God. Is there ever a, more a time in history when we need to know this? There is so much out there. There's so much thinking. There's so many ideas. There's so much pressure. To, this, this, this book has been scoffed and mocked. Christian beliefs now are a thing of humor. Is there ever a time where we need to know this? What's that old adage? If, if you want to know how to recognize a counterfeit, what do you do? Do you study the counterfeit or do you study the real thing? You study the real thing. Then you can very quickly recognize what is a counterfeit. Dear friends, we need to know this word. You need to be reading it. You need to be studying it and pouring over it and turning to this. Don't turn to the world. Don't turn to stinking thinking. And it didn't take much to take me off track. And none of the books I was reading were, I would say, harmful or wrong, but they were enough just to steer me away, to whittle away my faith. I got my eyes off of Christ and I got off track. Makes, as I say that, it makes me think of the story of Peter when he got out of the boat. When did he start to sink? He took his eyes off Jesus. He got off track. When we were driving here, uh, I'd never driven a truck that big before in my life. And so I decided to drive a U-Haul truck across Canada. Um, it actually wasn't that bad on the highway. Um, the gas was, I think... I got reimbursed for my gas. I wonder if Jim was wondering. Yeah, I was lead-footing it quite a bit to get up some of those hills. So um, it was fine on the highway, but in the cities it was a little bit, well, not even cities, even small towns, it was a little bit sketchy because yeah, I'm never going to be a long-haul trucker. That's just, <laughs> that's been established. But we were coming into Kenora, and we had the hotel typed into the GPS, and I think Mason was sitting next to me holding the phone so I could see it. Uh, just reminded me when to turn, and I thought I could see the hotel. I know, I know how to get there. Let's just put that down, Mason. We're fine. 
So I made some turns and ended up in, in almost like a cul-de-sac, you know, these tiny little side streets. I was very lucky that I was able to just, the trees were getting closer, um, but I was very lucky I was able to navigate my way out and I was good from then and I said, okay, I'm following the GPS from now on. But you know, it doesn't take much to get off track in our faith. One wrong turn and it's easy to get distracted. We got to stay on track. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we do that by hanging on to God's word. Second thing Paul prays for the Colossian church in verse 10, he says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. I'll just very briefly say, I desire that we would continue to bear fruit, that we would please God, that our children would grow in their faith, they would come to know Jesus at a young age, that our youth would be firmly established in their faith, that our families would follow Christ, and that people in this community and surrounding region would come to faith in Jesus. Let's bear fruit. Let's reach this region for Christ. That's why we're here. Someone said once, the church is not a pleasure, it's not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. We're to go to war for the souls of those we love and know. Let's bear fruit. The next thing that Paul prays for, he says in verse 11, he says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. My hope and prayer is that you would be strengthened by God, that you would meet with God, that you would know him, that he would strengthen your hands, that he would be with you. And I will attempt to pray and teach to that end, that we would know God and know his power and might and ability. I think a good question to ask ourselves this morning, ask yourself this question, Am I off track? Maybe just take a moment and calm your heart and ask yourself, am I off track? Has my faith whittled away? I think some of the signs of that is, are things like anxiety. Are you filled with anxiety and fear? Perhaps you're off track. Maybe your eyes aren't on Christ. Do you find yourself bitter and angry at what's happening in the world? Maybe your eyes are off Christ. Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel like your mind is preoccupied with the things in the world and the things happening in the world and you feel consumed? Maybe you're off track. COVID was a crazy time, was it not? For many reasons. But one of the greatest dangers, in my opinion, to the church and to many believers is that it got their minds off of Christ. I lost some good friends to conspiracies, to crazy thoughts, and all these wild ideas. And not that I disagreed with everything they said, but they took, it took their eyes off Christ. 
He was no longer the center. So if you're, off, if you're off track this morning, or if you think you might be, as Paul continues his letter, he says this in verse 12, 13, and 14, which I'll read again. He says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Remember Paul's purpose in this letter is to remind the Corinthians, keep your eyes on Christ. Don't let that philosophy invade your heart and mind. Stay focused on Jesus. I think he begins to give them some of the ways to do that in these verses. Give thanks for what Christ did for you. And to me, that's a quick fix to get my mind back on the things of God. Be thankful for what Jesus did. He rescued us. We were hopelessly lost to the power of sin, destined to hell, destined to separation for all eternity from God, life without God. But he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to win us back, to pay for our sins so that we could know God and be cleansed and forgiven. Be thankful. If when I asked you that question, are you off track, and in your heart of hearts you said, yeah, I think I might be a little bit off track. Five-minute fix, if there is such a thing, be thankful for what Jesus did and place your eyes on him. Can I pray for you this morning? If you feel like you need a touch from God this morning and you feel like, you know what, Pastor Dave, if I was honest, I've been distracted. My mind's been busy. I've been anxious. I've been fearful. I've been disgruntled. I've been angry. Um, I really think our posture sometimes is really important, the way we put our bodies. If you want to just bow your head and if you need to receive something from God this morning, you just... Put your hands in your lap and say, okay, God, I I just receive from you. If you feel comfortable doing that, go ahead and I'm just going to pray for you. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you how it teaches us, how it guides us, how it reminds us. And God, I know I I need a touch from you this morning. Lord, I'm finding it easy to be distracted and to be off course And I believe some of my dear friends here, Lord, just need something from you. So God, would you just be with us this morning? Would you strengthen our hands? Would you fill our minds with thoughts of you? Help us to be thankful. And if there's anyone here this morning who needs something specific from you, Lord, I pray that you would just give that to them, that you would touch them today. Lord, we commit the rest of our day into your hands, the rest of the service. We thank you so much for your goodness, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you. I look forward to continuing to talk about the book of Colossians. We'll talk more next week. God bless.